Welcome to Pixel and Pints Podcast. I'm Bradley. I'm Michael. And we're two dudes talking about video games and drink compliance. Welcome to episode two in our little journey about becoming podcasters. Today we're going to hit on some highlights in the past two weeks of gaming and let you know if we're hype or not for these. Let's go. Oh man, what are you drinking today? Captain's Coffee Stout. So I've had this, I've had this in the fridge for a while. Mm-hmm. 8.6 ABV, um, a little bit too... Uh, um carbon carbonated to my for my taste but uh hmm. it's not bad it's not bad it can you actually taste it mm, my covid taste buds tells me <laughs> there's a little bit of bitterness i can kind of taste the coffee a little bit mm-hmm. um but then it just it's spicy so okay that's the uh i'm assuming that's the carbonation coming through Oh, it could be, could be, but uh, it's not too bad. I've I, I drink it off and on when I need like a, a a session stout. I don't know if that's if that's a thing you could say, but yeah. Oh, okay. I haven't had a session in a while. I don't think. Um, right now I'm drinking a uh, a stout from St. Arnold. It's the uh, Pumpkinator. Here it is. It's the uh, 2015. It's aged, uh, quite a bit actually. I think it's. Probably somewhere close to like fifteen percent ABV, maybe fourteen. Yeah, it's um, control. But it's a heavy bitch. Um, <laughs> this looks like a big beer beer bottle, but I'm actually a really tiny guy. Uh, this is just a regular fucking you know pint size at sixteen ounces. <laughs> Got little bitty hands. Yeah, no, this is a this is a bomber. It's um, it, what it says one pint six fluid ounces. Mm-hmm. What is the actual size? <laughs> it's like 20 oh, it's ounces. one. Okay, so 18, yes, twenty something, 18, twenty two, twenty something, twenty two, twenty two, like that, twenty two. Because a pint is sixteen. Yeah, because it's uh, is it equivalent to what? Uh, is it seven fifty mils? Yeah, something like yeah. that. They don't have the conversion on here, and I'm too American to understand what the conversion would. So, man, it's a two fister. So it is a two fister. It's a it's a good size beer to share with somebody. That Janet doesn't want to drink right now, so mm. we're going mm-hmm. down this uh, rabbit hole by myself a little bit. Yeah. So this week, uh, I've been playing a lot of Shredder's Revenge. Uh, I've restarted the game four or really? five times. Yeah. Why? So, well, I wanted to play it with my wife, uh, but then I, I, I wanted to practice and kind of get good and like understand some of the combos and like in the story mode and understand how like dash canceling and all this other stuff works. So I played the first two levels over and over again with different characters to see how like, you know, their jump attacks work, all this other stuff. Who's cheesy. Who's not cheesy. Um, how, how broken is Donatello, et cetera. Um, how to do combo juggling and stuff like that. And, uh, she decided she didn't want to play. Um, (laughs) I also tried it on different difficulty. I tried it on the hardest, and I realized like hard, the very hardest one is kind of rough if you're by yourself and you're just jumping into the game and you haven't played you know, modern beat-em-ups. So then I jumped down to the, the medium difficulty uh, and started practicing there. And then when she was like, oh, I don't feel like playing, I just went ahead and played through the entire game one night while she was watching like some, some streams or something. It's about an hour and a half, two hour game. Not very long at all. Wow. I thought it would be longer uh, than that. Okay. No, and no, it's quick. And uh, a- as you start to pick up steam uh, and, and 
learn a little bit of the tactics of the bosses. The medium difficulty is too fucking easy. Mm. It's way too easy. Um, it feels like my if, if you were to first jump into a beat-em-up, you would play on that difficulty. If it's your first time playing a video game, you'd play on the easiest difficulty. And if you've played like five or six beat-em-ups in the past year or two, you'd probably play on the hardest. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. It was pretty fun. Uh, you unlock Casey Jones at the end. Oh, fuck. And okay. I started... I started replaying as him, and he's fucking cool. He's way fucking cool. Bet. That's it, man. That's the only thing I've touched all week. Um, pretty fun game. What about you? So, uh, I think last time we talked, uh, I had started up Ghostwire Tokyo. I was about 10 hours or so in. Um, so, I ended up finishing it. Took about, I want to say like 35 hours, 35, 40 hours total. Uh, did the whole platinum thing. Um or whatever equivalents on Steam um, is decent. You did all the achievements. Yeah, I mean it's Damn. it's it's a collect it's a it's a collectathon. So it's just one like one of those things where it's just like an an open world typeish place uh, where you're just kind of going from one part of the city to the other, uh, and you know just collecting random things. It's um, the way that it's set up in the in the game. It it's conducive to be like, Hey, let me, all right, I have to collect these things here. They are on the map. Let me go find them so I can collect them. That kind of thing. So it's not really a huge deal. Um, it was just something to do in between, you know, story stuff and ended up finishing it. It wasn't too bad. Uh, the, it, the game did kind of start off a little bit slow, but towards the end, it, it gets kind of real. It, it's, it's, a also it's, it's a bit about, death and loss and so there's a lot of a lot of elements that that fall into that so like it when it starts off it's just like oh man like this is a cool kind of like uh like supernatural type thing there's ghosts and stuff and then and then it starts getting to the the whole thing about just like oh i don't want my family to die so i'm going to kill them and take their souls and lock them into their bodies and they'll be alive forever that kind of shit and it's just like oh "Oh, a little heavy um creepy as fuck um but uh you know it was it was over and done with uh i think way too early uh mm-hmm. it kind of felt like i don't know they kind of ran out of time and they just kind of finished everything cuz it i i want to say that most of my time was spent was collecting all that all that optional stuff so <laughs> uh it was it was fun the um the the whole experience is uh is great especially if you have like a really high power gpu um you know shibuya the shibuya area in tokyo it's it's very rainy so the entire city is just wet so you know you have all of these reflections ray tracing and stuff like that looks amazing um i have to give it a play pretty soon yeah it's it's a little bit of shallow it's it's feels like it's shallow on the gameplay side like the enemy the enemy um I guess uh, the different the different types of enemies like it's it's not as it's not as expansive as you think because they all seem to be uh, play off of like one or two three uh, main enemy types mm-hmm. so uh, it gets it gets a little samey especially since I did the whole um, you know platinum thing the um, the amount of repetition that you find yourself doing over and over again. Um, really starts to really starts to creep its head in so um i was just kind of happy to get it done but uh it was it was fun for what i experienced 
So That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so finished that up. Um, wasn't really too sure what to do. So uh, the developer Tango Gameworks, uh, they've also done the Evil Within series. So I was kind of interested in going to check it out. I I, I want to say that I think people were kind of getting like a the it's kind of like the new or a, an alternative to like Resident Evil type mm -hmm. of vibe. Um, so I'm thinking about checking it out, but I did manage to get COVID in between all of this. So I didn't really get to do any of that. Uh, I did start Crisis Core with the uh, announcement that we're going to talk about later. Uh, I just kind of wanted to check out to see what Crisis Core was all about because I've never really touched it. It's uh, it's fun as fuck. Uh, I played all the way to the end uh, when I played it on the PSP. Um, I got to the last boss and I had taken a break, I think, like six months and my save file was literally right in front of the last boss. And I came back and tried to play and I was like, I do not remember the combat system. It's so fucked. Um, it is I don't, fucked. Yeah. I don't remember how the roulette thing worked. Um, and so I was like, fuck it. Uh, I, I think I made like eight attempts at the boss in one night. Got frustrated and said, fuck it. And just watched the uh, ending sequence on YouTube. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The uh, the roulette system is kind of kind of pissing me off. Yeah. Uh, not a big fan. And honestly, like it's uh, the combat system just on its own without like if we take out the roulette system yeah. um, completely, it's not something that I'm really into. So I'm still it kind feels of super dated. I Well, it's not even just that. Like I'm diehard, hardcore, turn based JRPG type type of guy. Mm -hmm. So all of this feels like garbage to me. And well, I'm I mean, it was trying to not hate it. <laughs> I mean, you have to look at it like it's the precursor to the Final Fantasy VII remakes. No, I get that. I get that, and I get the, I get the, the, um, the the influences that mm. uh, obviously came through with that. Because um, I really did enjoy the Final Fantasy VII remake combat system, um, but maybe it's the roulette system that's really kind of throwing me off. Yeah, um, it's, it's because the it's roulette, the way that you use magic. Yeah, so because it seems a little bit um, hectic, I don't, or maybe just like uh, my actions are just to get the the roulette to, you know, yep. to match up the two things so that I can go into like the special roulette yep. wheel thing, and that's really what matters. And like pushing the buttons before then really doesn't like none of it really makes a difference. You're waiting for those those roulette wheels to to match the way that they're supposed to so you can get like the cool animations and all that other stuff i'm getting really tired of looking at those fucking animations i will say that too <laughs> yeah you do see what is the what is the thing where it's like combat system start or some shit like that every time you get into a fight it's like yeah and then it's like uh and then it says it ended like combat yeah. ended or something like that so yeah it's i'm i'm in it for the story so I'm trying to I'm just trying to grind through as much as I can for the story. Um, I was just kind of hoping it was a little bit more um, traditional where it starts to get a little bit open ended, where you can kind of just like roll around and go where you want to. I'm getting shoved into places right now. So I'm hoping it opens up at some point rather than just like, oh, hey, like you were at that place and then you killed the thing. Cool. All right. Your next mission, you need to go to this place and basically do a thing, too. And then, like, 
you know, you're just kind of just shoved into these little little mini maps. Vignettes of story. Yeah. yeah, these little stories. You know, so like uh that's not really it's not really my thing. Uh but mm-hmm. I want I do want to see it through because, you know, it's Final Fantasy. It's Final Fantasy 7 and there's going to be some shit I'm assuming that's going to be coming up where at least it's going to pique my interest as far as like story-wise, so I'm just trying and- to get through as fast as I can. I feel it. Well, it's a good game. You should, you know, continue playing it. I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna finish it. I'm gonna finish it for sure. Have you played anything else recently, or thinking about playing something? Um, other than the Evil Within series, like not really. Um, there hasn't really been anything to to kind of catch my eye. So I'm kind of waiting for something other than Shredder's Revenge, which uh, I want to get to at some point. Um. It's fun, man. It's it's by far my favorite beat since Scott Pilgrim. No, for sure. Uh, so I'm looking, and everything I've heard about it is just it's fucking impeccable as far as like um, the music, just the the references, the animations, and things like that. So uh, I know I'm gonna enjoy it as soon as I pick it up. Hell yeah! Cool. So what's uh what's big? What's big this week? So we did um. We did miss about two weeks, so a lot of things, um, a lot of things, been kind of happening. Uh, not as not as much as the showcases that we've been doing, but uh, as of late. Um, but the big thing that a lot of people were wondering about: Nintendo Direct. Yep. Nintendo Direct. People. Uh, the last time we talked, there was a lot of rumors about the Nintendo Direct based off of a leaker, off of uh, a subreddit. So that dumbass got the got the hype running um ended up not being a direct everything that was announced ended up going through other shows either with xbox or announced through i think capcom or something like that so uh nothing nothing really to speak of there until fucking alana pierce of everybody who would who would be leaking it so who is alana pierce anyway i keep seeing her name pop up alana pierce uh she was uh at some point i think she was part of ign way back in the day and then she was a part of rooster teeth so she was part of the funhouse crew okay and so um she ended up leaving funhouse uh i think a couple of years ago and now she's basically just a a streamer and a writer of for all people sony santa monica studios who is making god of war so apparently i think she is a writer for god of war the new god of war that's coming out and um but you know that's her day job so uh she had a uh, a live stream, uh, I think last week or the week. I think it was the week before, uh, where basically somebody asked her if she knew when the uh, Nintendo Direct was going to happen, and she was like, "Yep, June 29th. So apparently somebody leaked it to her. So Nintendo doesn't have any deal with Alana Pierce as far as like an NDA, and she says June 29th is when they're going to have their direct. And hmm. then people started coming out of the woodwork, and they were like, "Yeah, it's going to happen on." the 29th late june something like that so everybody was kind of thinking like okay so i guess that's when it's going to happen um and then nintendo comes out uh last week and announces a nintendo direct for xenoblade chronicles 3 and now everybody's yeah. wondering about is this the direct that everybody was talking about are they even having another direct after this so who knows yeah, it doesn't uh, look like it. Uh, it doesn't it, feel like it either, yeah. Yeah, it, I feel like they just wanted to skip it because maybe they didn't have enough uh, information or things to announce. 
I don't know. Uh, I didn't watch the 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 video about Xenoblade Chronicles. Spoiled. It was it was tough. Like I I tried not to watch a lot of it, um, but I did out of curiosity's sake to see if they were going to announce anything else outside of the game. Uh, um, but nah, nothing nothing really. There wasn't really a whole bunch to uh, to really talk about unless you're really deep into the the xenoblade chronicles uh like world um although apparently people are very excited about um at least the combat system uh the story looks like it's gonna be yeah um if you haven't played xenoblade chronicles 3 or uh not well you haven't played it yet for sure but uh, if you haven't played (laughs) 2 or any of the previous systems um you know their their fighting systems are really involved so there's a lot of um there's auto combat so you have auto combat which rolls into like these combos elemental combos chain combos and then those chain combos build into bigger combos which build into like you know ultimate combos and things like that Mm -hmm. so it looks like they're still going down that route um you're gonna have like i think a combination of systems i believe uh this is going to be sort of a Xenoblade Chronicles 1 kind of battle system mixed in with like the blade system uh, with Xenoblade Chronicles 2. People are super excited about it. So we're going to see. Uh, I think the game launches, I I think, next next month, a couple of weeks from now. Yeah, yeah. it's really soon. So Um, we're not going to we're not going to have to wait too long to find out. I did uh, recently uh, sign up for PlayStation Plus Premium. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, right after it launched, dude. So I got the big PS Plus Premium, which was $20 a year. I looked at the other ones, um, but I wasn't I wasn't really intrigued with them. Very specifically, because I saw the essentials, like the uh, PS1, PS2, uh, PSP stuff. And I saw Jumping Jack Flash or whatever. <laughs> Think Flash. Yeah. That shitty, shitty, shitty game where you're like a hot rabbit round two areas and you just jump and you collect uh carrots and then you jump off the stage really really garbage game but it was like one of the very first playstation one games that i had or really? that i didn't have uh a rent because i was like oh this looks cool you know and i was a naive child <laughs> and uh so every time that i see it pop up for play i just i instantly play it and i'm like ah this game is trash so i turned that off I, I paid the hundred and twenty, uh, specifically just. That's awful. <laughs> so <laughs> awful investment, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Have so, you looked into any of the the subscriptions? I, I haven't yet. Like I'm still part of the PS Plus Essential, uh, which is what they're calling the the new PS Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the same sixty dollars a year. So I don't get any benefits right now. Um. I know they have a tier above it called PS Plus Extra. That's it's like a hundred dollars a year. So that's that's probably I think probably the sweet spot right there. So I think so. So you get the you get some PS PS4 games, PS5 games along with it. They're supposed to be like around four hundred. I haven't checked the list. Um, although I hear it's it's pretty accurate. Um, I so definitely around... did not see four hundred games. No. Okay. No. Uh, I I did try uh, wirelessly streaming. Uh, yeah. Azure's Wrath, which is a PS4 game developed by Capcom. I think it's Capcom. Um, anyways, it played all right uh, until it would go to a cutscene. 
and then it would really yeah and then it would just be like connection lost even though it would continue playing it would drop it down to like i don't know it felt like 240p it was like 12 pixels on the fucking screen <laughs> and then it would start to ramp back up to like 720 80 uh, um, sucks and so anytime that it was and that game is a uh a cut scene heavy game so you do a little bit of combat and then it'll be a cut scene with like a uh, a user action so press circle like 40 times to like block an attack and so you can't see what the fuck is going on screen because it's like swapping between those two modes non-stop so a game like that not good on wireless uh maybe other games a little bit in game that aren't swapping between scenes so. but it, i'll have to hardwire my ps4 <laughs> in the bedroom that, i guess that's, to, that's probably what you need to do yeah i think after that it'll be but other than that, I mean, the, that the PS Plus Extra seems like a probably the best break point, unless you just really want to play the worst of the worst dog shit. So the only thing I will say about, uh, and the only thing that really is interesting about PS Plus Premium to me is the the fact that, well, I don't know if it's at least exclusive to that tier, but Sony has come out and said that they're willing to uh, honor your prior purchases like on the ps3 system if you've mm -hmm. purchased any of these ps1 ps2 psp ps3 games i'm not too sure about the ps3 part but uh if you've purchased like ps1 ps2 psp games um prior on the ps3 technically you should have access to those games without uh going to the ps plus premium tier and i think it was was it last year i think when uh sony had come out and said that they were going to uh, drop the the PSN uh, store yeah. on PS3. I spent hundreds of dollars on fucking games, like a dumbass. And uh, I I need to check to see if they if they're even going to carry over because I bought a whole bunch of PS1 and PS2 games, whole Damn. bunch of them. Is the PSP store down too now? <clears throat> and the PS Vita stuff? Mm, I want to say the PSP store has been down for way longer. Um, yeah, I guess so. But I'm, I maybe just the stuff i think the vita uh i want to say that they pushed out a they, they recently sony pushed out a an update to the ps3 and the vita recently yeah which basically removes access to the store from there so the only oh. way i think you're able to access it is through uh their website which and i don't even know if that's still functional so yeah they're getting ready to kill it um but uh at least on the ps3 if 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 the store is available there are um there are there are some games where you actually will get like a PSP version if you hmm. purchase the game on the PS3. It's wild. So they, they have a whole bunch of um, a whole bunch of those things. Like Sony was giving away a lot of PSP games when you were buying stuff on the PS3, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. When you had the subscription and you would log in with your have like uh, free games or free like skins and shit like that. Yeah. I, I have a I have a PS Vita um, waiting to waiting to be used so i need to test it out when i get a chance so we were just talking about alana pierce a second ago and i i just looked her up and i realized she did cosplay too sure she does yeah yeah and it made me think of uh my favorite cosplayer that i can't remember her name now she got famous off the lollipop chainsaw shit was it nigiri and, i think it was nigiri. yeah nigiri yeah jessica nigiri and uh because i saw her tweet about it the other day. it was like this game's coming back out this game is the one cosplay that identified and changed her career path 
uh, before Lollipop Chainsaw, she was a nobody. And when that game came out, uh, she became super fucking famous. Over. Yeah. So that, that, the crazy thing about this is like, I remember this coming out for like the Xbox 360 and the PS3 back in the day. And uh, come to find out it's co-written by James Gunn. Yeah. Of all people. Yeah. <clears throat> I had no idea he was involved. I'm I'm pissed. I remember when it came out because I was uh I was still working at EB Games before they were bought out by Games, and I remember when it came out and was I was in a different mindset back then. I wasn't into loot all that other. Shit. I hadn't oh, okay. I hadn't fully become an adult. I hadn't actualized who I am as a person, and I saw it and I was like, I'm not buying into that fucking smut. Uh, now I kind of fucking regret it. Uh, because that game looks cool as shit. It does, it, it, yeah. and it's uh, and it's developed by Goichi Suda, who does the No More Heroes games. So, yeah. uh, just the st- stylistically wise, it's way over the top with the violence. Like, mm-hmm. I want to say that she she rolls around with like her boyfriend's head attached yep. to her belt the yep. entire time. So, as far as like the absurdity of some of the humor and all that going on, um, I think it's due for a renaissance. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm hoping it, I'm hoping it's true. Uh, it seems like uh, one of the either a publisher or developer has mentioned that apparently is coming, but we haven't really heard anything official. But I'd really love to see to see it happen, because I'm, I'm assuming that the um, trying to get it on a PS3 or, or play it on Xbox 360 probably sucks right now. So the I guess the tweet that kind of put this over the top was. It was on June 14th. It was from Yasuda. Um, and he said, Lollipop Chainsaw uh, is back. Uh, please look forward. That's all he said. Okay. And then he, he put up a screenshot of, I guess, the score at the end of a, of a level or something like that. Um, but that that's all the information we have. So it's cool that um, we're getting it. Uh, I'd like to see some some screenshots or something from it yeah and my dumbass is like i've already i've already searched ebay so my dumbass is gonna probably get a copy for like the ps3 or 360 and i might just go all in on it is it is it super expensive right now i don't think it's gonna i don't think it's super expensive it's probably like 30 oh it's yeah so for the xbox 360 it's 15 dollars at gamestop so it's not too bad uh i don't have a 360 i've been searching 360s i have a very specific 360 in mind that i'm looking for so uh, i'm waiting to find one that's at least in the box well don't um, uh doesn't the the xbox new it's not backwards one? compatible it doesn't play 360 it's, games it does play 360 games but this game specifically is not compatible so uh i know we've i know we've discussed this a little bit but so every me, time you say it, I, it feels let, like I'm hearing it for the first time. Let me <laughs> let me break it down for you, bro. Okay. So the way that backwards compatibility works on the Xbox One and One X Series X is that Microsoft has to officially support the game. So when you pop in the disc into your Xbox console, mm-hmm. Microsoft checks it and then downloads the appropriate digital version. Oh. So, so they don't they don't have the rights to the digital. 
Right. So the way it works is that if you're going to support these games the way Microsoft is doing it, they have to relicense the game using the original developer, publisher, what have you. If there was any music, Lollipop Chainsaw seems like the kind of game that might even have some licensed music along with it. So um, that means you have to relicense those tracks in the game in order to 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 have it back. So the the disc itself that you put in is basically just a license. It's your ability to play the newly licensed version that Microsoft has available. Damn, dude. Yeah. So this wasn't like the PS3 where you pop in like a PS2 game and it just fucking plays. That's that's not a that's not how the uh, Xbox backwards compatibility works. So unfortunately, you can't just play the old game right now. You can't buy the old disc and pop it into an Xbox, a current Xbox, and play it. Unfortunately. Hmm. Well, shit. All right then. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll I find have, it on PS3. That's why I have this entirely absurd retro setup that I won't get into now. But yeah. Well, I think I think eventually we should. We should showcase what you I'll come over uh, after you're done quarantining <laughs> with my, <laughs> my DSLR cameras. We'll set up some cool shit and we'll, we'll shoot it and show it to the people. How about that? Sure. Okay. Let's do it. So you, all this PS3 and stuff, you have something in here about a PS5. Yeah. So... So apparently there was a leak and I, the leak I want to say came from an overseas retailer, either a retailer or somebody involved on that side of things. And so, um, apparently there is some new PS five hardware coming through, uh, that isn't yeah. a console. Um, and so the, I think one of the leaks and I think one of the leaks came even came with a picture, but I don't really give a shit about the headphones. Um, so apparently there's some headphones coming up, but, on top of that, we're having a pro controller, apparently is what they're labeling it, uh, a pro PS5 controller. And the reason why I'm interested is because I don't know if you remember this, but the a few years back, the PS4 actually got some uh, back paddles uh, officially from Sony. Huh. So it was this it was this little tiny thing. Uh, it plugged into the um it plugged into like where the uh, headphone jack on the DualShock 4 was, and it plugged into. Oh like, yeah, I the remember these things. Board. Yeah, and so on the very back. So basically, the way it slotted in is that you got access to uh, two buttons on the very back of the controller. Yeah, and so after that, models. you know, you started getting companies like Power A making their own type of shit, right? Right. So I was super into that. I hate I hate pressing L3 and R3 for anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So being able to map those to the to the back of the controller was amazing. So now hearing that maybe Sony's going to come through and actually produce a all in one, you know, no accessory, you know, that you have to purchase to fucking uh, insert into your current controller, just a legit pro controller with paddles. And apparently they're going to have removable analog sticks. So I want to say that Xbox does experiment with this right now. So you can actually remove like the D-pad on their Elite controllers. You can remove the um, their their analog sticks and replace them with like you know uh, alternative ones that come in the box. Yeah. Um, so kind of see. I want to see if it's going to be of on a similar level to that. Hmm. Um, the the terrible thing about 
uh, Microsoft's Elite controllers, which is one of the reasons why I haven't touched them, uh, especially since I'm on, uh, I have a gaming desktop. So, you know, using an Xbox controller on a, on a Windows gaming desktop uh, is really nice, but apparently the Elite controllers fall apart very easily. So, you know, you're paying oh, really? 160. Yeah, you're paying. And so here's the thing. This is something I found out uh, when I got my Series X. Microsoft only gives you 90 days warranty for everything. Yep. I think I want to say except the console. So you buy a you buy a controller. If you bought a Elite controller um, in the beginning, it was only 90 days. So after 90 days, they give you the middle finger and you're like, fuck you, buy another $170 controller. Apparently they got shit on for it. And now it's, I want to say six months now, or maybe it's a year. I forget what it is. So Microsoft, out of the kindness of their heart, has decided to support their hardware. You know, those standard, like, one fucking year that most, uh, most uh, you know, parts and labor warranties come with on everything. So yeah. I don't like touching that because it seems like they know that their product is kind of kind of shit and they're going to try to not pay out as much as possible. So I'm hoping the PS5 um, is a little bit more reliable. Build quality is a lot better. Um, Sony has been doing some stuff. You can now update your PS5 firmware uh, using Windows. They have special software to do that now. So I'm kind of hoping that the Windows What's support the for PS5s. Good question. I have no idea what the fuck they're updating on the Pro Controller. Or not the Pro Controller, but just the DualShock 5. Or oh, you're DualSense. just saying, yeah, so you can you can plug in the controller like so to any can, PC Yeah, so something. you can plug in and and whatnot. So I'm hoping that it becomes a little bit more um, ubiquitous, just like plugging in your Xbox controller on Windows. Because that, that shit just kind of works, right? You don't got to yeah. mess with anything. So I'm kind of hoping that... Sony stuff because they've been pushing. Sony's been pushing into the to the gaming landscape, um, you know, with their uh, their PC ports. So I'm hoping that they now have the DualSense controller as more of a a first class citizen on the Windows side, so that whenever they start releasing a lot more of their uh, Sony exclusive uh, console games on PC, that you know, you just plug in a DualSense controller and it just fucking works out the box. You don't have to remap anything. You know, Windows recognizes this is a DualSense controller. You know, Steam recognizes that you've put, plugged in the DualSense controller. You know, all the button prompts are going to be accurate to the DualSense controller that you've just plugged in. Yeah. So I'm kind of hoping that's going to be the case. And if if that's what happens, and I'm I'll be super excited for the PS5 Pro. I might have to like start using my, my PS5 controller because then I, it's. I don't. I haven't tested it in a while. Um, at the very beginning, when the PS5 first came out, kind of, yeah. kind of was terrible. The easiest way to actually plug it in was using a Mac machine. I was able to plug in um, my uh, DualSense controller onto the Mac, and it fucking just worked. But it was, from what I can remember, because um, like right now, even with the DualShock Four, you have to use a third-party program, and the third-party program, I want to say. Um, reclassifies it internally in the windows system um, because i think it's like a direct input device or something like that and so yeah. it doesn't properly support things like i think the rumble the light bar on the dualshock 4 so that third-party program actually gives that support for it so it makes it more of like a first-class citizen on the windows desktop but i'm hoping that we just don't need any of that and just kind of works out the box that would be cool 
Damn. So we we talked about earlier with all this phony uh, stuff, uh, the Crisis Core remix. So that yep. that was leaked by a Twitter user uh, named the Snitch. Yep. Um, so I want to say that how, about a week before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about a week before. Uh, not a week before. I'm sorry. A couple of days before. I think it was before the Sony uh, 25th anniversary for Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, it was a couple of days before. Because everybody on YouTube. Uh, was popping out their video. Oh shit! Crisis Core. Ooh. Yeah. Um, it's wild that that dude was so accurate. What was happening? Yeah, he has been, from what I've heard, uh, relatively accurate in mm-hmm. things that he's talked about. And you know, he's he was he was a little he's a little coy about what was going on. So like he had a for Crisis Core, he had a. He had a screenshot from um, one of the ending sequences for Final Fantasy VII Remake, and he had little color boxes. So he had a, a blue, uh, a green, a red, and a black box, which correspond with the consoles. You know, so Sony's, I want to say Sony's like kind of bluish. Microsoft is like the green box. Nintendo is the red box. And Steam is the black box for their Steam icon. So, so it kind of seems like he was hinting at the Crisis Core Remake was going to be coming for all consoles. And oh, yeah. when the announcement came, he was right. Um, so that was cool. And then uh, to top that off, um, right now, Sony's God of War Ragnarok release, um, you know, highly anticipated game from, you know, from their previous 2018 God of War uh, game. So we haven't really we haven't really heard much about when. God of War Ragnarok is going to get released. We kind of know it's going to be 2022. Some people have been thinking, hey, it's going to be released maybe 2023. Um, they've been really silent about it. Uh, so to on the back of uh, the snitch being right about the Crisis Core remake, he also made kind of like a, a little coy uh, reference to God of War Ragnarok being released November 11th of this year. So he even followed it up um, with a uh, a GIF that said uh, order or something. So it kind of, and the thing is, like, I don't know where some of this information came from. So in the God of War GIF, uh, there was a whole bunch of ones plastered at the bottom of it. So um, it seems like November 11th, 2022 is the, the date that uh, people got out of that. Um, and there is some more rumors that maybe there's going to be a state of play happening uh, around June 30th. So, so at the end of this month, we may, in the next couple of days, we should find out if God of War Ragnarok is going to be part of a state of play where they're going to officially announce the uh, release date as well as start pre-orders for the God of War Ragnarok game. So I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be super waiting for that because if, if uh, if something like the last, well, I'm sure it's not going to be. It's going to be a little bit more involved than The Last of Us, the Firefly edition, which is still fucking sold out on uh, Sony's uh, PlayStation Direct website. Fuckers, man. I'm going to be waiting for it because I'm going to get I'm going to get the big fucking stupid edition of it. Uh, I got it last time. It was amazing. Fucking love it. Oh, I might. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get that. That special. Hey, you still you still good for letting me get that uh, Xenoblade <laughs> three version, right? Yeah, no, I mean I don't know what to do with it. 
Hell I only yeah. got two because they were allowing everybody to get two. So I was like, fuck it. So we have, we've had a bunch of cool other Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak DLC coming out uh, yep. June 30th. Uh, I haven't played Monster Hunter Rise in months. Be a fucking year, actually. Uh, I played the shit out of it when it first came out. I was loving the music. Dude, I literally would just sit inside the game and just like next to the the, the twin sisters just <laughs> listen to them, them them fucking sing. Uh really? Yeah, dude, I love the soundtrack in that game. Uh, I love the art style, the load screens between stages where you have like that uh, Japanese uh woodcut uh Mm. painting stuff going through and how they tell the story when uh you go into uh a new chapter of the game i love everything about monster from a visual gameplay really fucking slicks really fucking fast the new sunbreak dlc coming out uh, looks nuts you got the jungle map you put in here uh from monster hunter 2 there's hella new updates coming out uh every season it looks like starting in august so we're gonna get fall winter and then they're going to keep pushing uh, deep in 23. Yeah. So I will give Capcom that. Uh, they do support their Monster Hunter Rise releases. I haven't played Monster Hunter since uh, World. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I didn't I've like got World. the stamina. Really? You didn't like mm-hmm. World? No, I played it and it was just like, it felt like the same old Monster Hunter to me. It, you know, mm-hmm. the combat was a little bit better, stuff like that. But I love Rise where you can run and drink a potion. Uh, sharpening is shorter. It feels like more of an action game, and it feels more accessible. Okay. And where, excuse me, the previous Monster Hunter game, specifically World, felt like an easier version of uh, a Dark Souls type of game. Um, meaning things were a little bit slower, dodging, rolling, all that stuff, blocking. Felt like it had to be timed very well. Uh, understanding monster patterns had to be timed very well. And I'm just not into those types of games. Um, I get it. I'm, I love dark souls, but I fucking hated just the, just the, the battle, the battle system in in monster hunter world. Like it was cool and everything like that, but it just, I, I got just tired, tired being carted out Yeah, just for some dumb shit. It was, it was awful. It's it's a better game with friends uh, than it is alone, uh, especially as you get further into the game. Uh, and I'm when I jumped back into World shortly after Rise came out, because I was like, "Damn, Rise is so fucking good. Let me give World another shot." And I zoned in, and they have like all of these fucking events going on. It was during Halloween, so it's like, oh, okay. get the yeah. get the pumpkin armor, do this thing, tend to your garden, and I was like, I. I don't want to play a fucking MMO. This feels like a fucking MMO now, and I hate it. Um, <laughs> and I was also playing World of Warcraft really hard back then, uh, so I had to like drop off of that. Shit. Went back to Rise. Also, like where Rise has, uh, as you unlock new things, uh, you can augment your abilities on your okay. weapons and stuff. So like your loadout and your character play, like if you're a sword and shield type of person, it'd be totally different than any other sword. Uh, player well it's good to know because it, it always felt like uh world had a had a set meta and if you yep. weren't doing the meta then you weren't shit and yeah. just just getting all the just the monster parts in order to get the you know all the cool armor and shit like i ah, was just i i hated i hated 
just having to kill those monsters. And now I had to do it in a specific way so I yep. could get parts off of them. That yep. was just a little too much for me. Yeah. Um, I feel like Rise kind of simplified that a lot too. Um, okay. I do like, I, I, the last couple of times that I played Rise, I would literally just go in on the farming missions where it's like, it's open world type of area type, you know, there's no hell up. Your goal is to not kill a monster. They give you 30 minutes and you just go in and do it to another area. I would oh, just cool. go in there and just mine. I'm like, I need fucking hella Malachite or, or whatever. And I'm just like, I'm just going to go to this area. Malachite is pretty heavy and farm the shit out of it. And then head back out and do it again over and over. Like a weapon that I'll. All right. So, well, shit. Um, what do you play on? Huh? What do you play on? I play on Switch. All right. I think you kind of have to. Yeah. No, that's on PC too. Well, it's on PC now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I now. Think it, when it's when it first came out it was Switch only. It was Switch right. only. I, yeah. I think I might I think I might try that out. Yeah. Like I, if you if you want to get into it, let's play sometime. I think right. it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. We do that. We shit. could we could uh record it, put it up as like some type of I mean, if you want to do like a Monster Hunter Rise review like as a a group play type of thing. Um I think that could that. be fun. Uh, oh, you also man, have we're, an... we're gonna get shit on so hard for how oh, terrible dude. we are. Oh, dude, we're garbage. Uh, I, I watched. Wait. I've watched guys who consider themselves to be like pro players play that game, uh, and they make me feel. Fun. It's really bad. <laughs> Whatever. You haven't heard something else about Exo Primal gameplay? That's the uh, dinosaur shit, right? Yeah. So Capcom also has the their dinosaur class-based looter shooter or some bullshit like that um everybody was disappointed it wasn't a new dino crisis game i guess uh but apparently it's now gonna be just a overwatch based game horde you know killing hordes of so is it it's it's overwatch mixed with left or dead but the zombies are now dinosaurs yeah so that's basically what it is okay you know, that kind of sounds fucking sick, though. It it can it can be. So the thing that the thing that always the thing that I was curious about as far as this game was concerned, it was just like, so what's the what's the hook? You know, what's yeah. the carrot that get that gets you that gets you going? So it looks like you're going to have things like pushing the cart, you know, while you're dealing with the fucking dinosaurs. Yeah. Uh, horde horde based mechanics where you're just basing basically being inundated and i think they've talked about like a smart system a smart ai system which is basically just left for dead 2's director system so yeah. based on your based on your performance the ai will uh alter how the I love uh, pve stuff is going to happen so that looks kind of cool so so that's what it is at least individually as far as what your team's going to be dealing with mm-hmm. but apparently you're also going to be up against another two five another five person team right so what they didn't really clarify in uh, their gameplay trailer uh, from June ter- 13th is it seems like you're going to be competing against this other five person team, just kind of like on an individual or a team based basis. So you're not really going to meet up, but then sometimes you're going to kind of are meet up. So that's you'll a meet big up. yikes for me. Yeah. So it's, it seems like they don't want to go full in on the PVP. They don't want to go full in on the PvP. And I, I guess I kind of get it because at that point, like, uh, it's just there. The, the dinosaurs are going to be getting in the way. So uh, when you come in together as the two, like the 10 person uh, um, group, I guess at that point, 
is that you may have you may like maybe in the middle of the map like you'll meet up and you both have to accomplish the same objective so you yeah. have to kind of team up with the other team um maybe the other team uh you'll get into an area where like you know the arena is a little bit more open you're not going to be able to directly engage the other team but the other team may be able to do things to maybe sabotage you know what you're trying to accomplish and vice versa um also maybe like say for instance there's like an arena that has like doors and so they can fight through a horde of dinosaurs open a door and now you have multiple floods of enemies coming into your yeah so it could be it could be similar to like you know those uh like those those puzzle games like you know based maybe somebody has the ability to influence like maybe they can send more dinosaurs to your side of the map make it harder for you to accomplish your goal versus okay, so it's Tetris versus somebody battle. else but see that's all speculation because they didn't yeah. really touch on it they're just saying yeah, like that's a damn this shame. is kind of what's gonna happen yeah yeah so uh closed network test signups are open uh i don't know if they're still open um so you have an opportunity to give them your email address so they can market the fuck out of this game to you if you want <laughs> for sure uh i'm gonna avoid it or like 100 <laughs> percent. i i played the uh back for back for blood shit the single player experience was garbage uh, i jumped in with multiplayer and and i was you know a couple weeks late on the gameplay by the, by the time i jumped in so like everybody was pro as fuck so no one was playing on normal and you jump into hard and then you don't know the strats and everybody just talks shit. So, awesome. uh, yeah, super, super not fun. Uh, they're, they are fixing the, maybe I'll That's jump nice. back in and play it again. Okay. Uh, we also have a uh, street fighter six gameplay just, uh, got showed off again. Um, we have yeah. Jamie and his cool drunken fist stuff. Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, just seeing him do like windmills and shit like that. I was just like, yeah. this is Eddie Gordo all over again. Except he powers up the more he drinks. And that's my dude. That's yeah. my dude. Um, you were a big Eddie Gordo fan? I was. I loved it because I didn't know how to play fucking Tekken. All I yep. knew is I push buttons and this dude's doing windmills and shit. I'm just like, yep. Lopping oh my all God. Over yeah. And his so. actions were really hard to... Um, I could see that. Yeah. And, and then, God, who was the other guy in Tekken who had the drunken fist? It was a cop, Lee, or whatever? Yes. Um, yeah. So, so he I, did have, I, yeah. I I really liked Lee a lot. Eddie Gordo's the uh, breakdancing. So, uh, so what I really liked about Lee, and I think there was a, I forget, oh man, I forget, I forget her name. Uh, she was some Chinese person in Tekken, Zhao Mai or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Zhao, whatever, whatever her name is. I fucked it up. That was racist, wasn't it? Oh god. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. You're not still, white, so I think you're good. Well, if you if you were thinking what I was thinking, you would definitely think it was racist. Okay. So. One of the things that I loved about those two characters, at least with mm -hmm. uh, Lee, is that you could set up his fighting style. And the same thing, and the same thing with the uh, the other Chinese character. Man, you know what? I better just Google this shit. Um, <laughs> you know, technology in the 21st century and stuff like that. Yeah, well, we're um, going to Google our way through this podcast, just like yeah. uh, everybody else does. So, hey, Jamie, can you put this up on the screen? Thanks. Yeah, we do need a Jamie. We do need a fucking Jamie. By the way, so, I looked up like what podcast producers get paid. Uh, it's two hundred fifty k to five hundred k a year, depending on which podcast you're on. Oh my god! I That's didn't a, realize. I didn't realize video podcasts, uh, like you know, your mom's house and Joe Rogan and stuff, made that much per episode to where they could to pay someone. 
I mean, like Nadav uh, from your mom's house. And he doesn't uh, deserve it at all. <laughs> Definitely not with the uh, the new bullshit that he's like. And this blah, 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 that like announcer shit voice. I <laughs> hate it, dude. Oh, Nadav, man. if you ever watch this, I think you're a good guy. Thanks for watching uh, Pixel Science Podcast. Hey, man, if you ever need some fucking tips and tricks, uh, let us know because you're, <laughs> you're fucking it up. You're fucking it up. You're making it really hard to watch a show that everybody. <laughs> did you? So did you find the uh, Chinese girl's <laughs> name yet? I just want to shit on the Dove the entire time we're here. Dude, we could shit on the Dove the entire time. I, okay. If you so, want, we can, we'll do a Nadav reaction video. We'll pull <laughs> up the best of Nadav clip and just shit on him. All right. So yeah, Ling Xiaoyu, I think is that. Wow, you were way name. fucking off. Yeah. So like Xiaomi, it's a, it's a mobile phone brand. So, you know, <laughs> that's about as close as I could come up with. So <laughs> we might just cut that whole segment or I'll just leave it in. We'll, we'll I see. just leave it in. So, we'll see what our Chinese audience thinks. So one of the great things about Li and uh, Ling yeah. Zhao Yu is that uh, you basically were able to set up their Kung Fu style or whatever, right? Hmm. So you would switch into like, you know, drunken stance. Or oh, then they into, had like Crane and all kinds of other yeah. shit. So yeah, you, yeah, would, yeah. you would literally, and same thing with Zhao Yu. So with Zhao Yu is that she would, the way that she would hold her hands mm-hmm. indicated like which style she was currently yeah. in. So you could switch styles on the fly, and then your move set would be completely different. Oh, I love it! So I, love it. I forgot about yeah, yeah. that shit. Oh, she yeah, could yeah. go into like tiger or whatever, and like... yeah, and then she would have like this little flower stance where like she would use her arms and make all of these motions and shit like that, or whatever it was called. Um, yeah, and it was amazing. So one of the one of the reasons why I liked like, at least that kind of fighting thing um, is that you were able to kind of switch it up, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of fit the fit the moment that you were in at the, at the time, or if yeah. you just kind of wanted to, you know, change up. Cause uh, one of the things that I, I realized at least from, from Tekken is that everybody has a meta. Mm-hmm. So um, as, as you're playing against a certain character, you know that if you were to do something, there are various different, you know, uh, moves that you can do to counter it. And so, at least in my stupid head, and I don't know if it's true or not because I'm not a very good Tekken player, is that uh, Li and Zhao Yu could basically Disable counters? Not that they could disable it, but basically that if you were fast enough, then you could kind of confuse your opponent. So you could quickly switch into a different style, and then, you know, your, your high or your low would be different based on the style that you switched to. So it was tougher to gauge, like, how do I defend against this attack? You yeah, know? so you might have the same thing with Jamie from Street Fighter Six with style. So maybe. And so just just seeing that, like, it just, it brought back a lot of memories from, you know, like, fucking Tekken Tag and Eddie Gordo and and just just brought back, like, the, the fucking, like, middle school, you know, version <laughs> of me who used to go to arcades and, and watch people whoop the shit out of you. Yeah. Why you were breakdancing in the corner like a dumbass. Back to uh we need to get we need to get back up to Magfest. Magfest, bro. Yeah. yeah we need to get... yep. They uh it looks like on uh Street Fighter Six they showed a little bit more of the open world stuff with the 
world tour adventure? Like, how does that actually work now? It's hard to tell. So, uh, cause they, again, they, they very briefly went over it. So yeah. it looks like you are just like walking around in an open world type, type of situation, different locations. Like there was one where they were like climbing up the side of a building to get to the roof. Yeah. Um, so it's really hard to tell like exactly how in depth it's going to be. So yeah, it would be cool if it's, you know, if it's kind of like an open world where you can like talk to people, there's a shop, you can buy things, yeah. um, you know, so find just all the fights are all the characters just in one area or do you go to like the airport and you have to go through customs and it's, and it's like Thailand. And then like you, you, you have to sit on a plane, I, I order drinks. It's going to be like that. I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be just Metro city based. Yeah. You're going to take your character from, you know, the character select screen. And yep. this is, I'm assuming this is going to be just like the, the one player, just, you know, yeah. something if you just don't want to, if you don't want to fucking uh, sit around and just play like, you know, a one V one against the CPU, you'll do something. Yeah. Like it, that, but it could be similar to what they used to do with the old mortal Kombat games where they had like a story mode where you went through levels and then like you found someone and you fought them. They could be trying to introduce that and like it'd be 3d a little bit because they tried, they did something and then that turned into like uh, the sub zero. Uh, yeah. Like mythologies or something. Yeah. Or... Yeah. The mythologies shit. God, I hope they don't. Please don't give us street fighter mythologies. Well, they're going to, they have more things to announce. I think I have a a one or two more announcements later this year. So we'll find out more. Hopefully they don't fuck it up. Yeah. Let's hope so. Uh, I don't want another street fighter. flop. It's not like just a fucking cash grab. We'll see. We're getting a resident evil village deal. All the uh, shadows of Rose come out. Uh, which looks like a third-person perspective where you're playing as Rose, and that's the main character's daughter, Ethan, uh, and and her dealing with the, um, I guess, the infection, the cordyceps or whatever mushroom bullshit that she has going on inside of her, which is the same thing that Seems Ethan like had. It. Yeah. So, yeah. So, October October 22nd this year. Um, we're gonna get... I was upset by that release date. Why? Why October twenty second? What's up with that date? Because I was like, they're just a few days away from Halloween. Why not just release it on Halloween and just have like a big fucking blowout? Because it's a horror game, or maybe they want to release it like a couple days before so they can bug patch it and stream it on Halloween. Fucking, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's going to be shit immediately yeah. when it comes out. It always is. It's always buggy as fuck. Yeah, it's 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 kind of hard to test it against you know uh, a million fucking people specs. But it, it looks super interesting. Uh, I like the entire vibe of the whole Resident Evil Village thing. So I'm looking forward it looks to seeing nice. what Shadow of Rose is going to be about. Yeah. But I mean, outside of that, there there wasn't really a whole bunch of uh, content uh, outside of Shadows of Rose or Shadow of Rose, <laughs> whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, mercenaries mode. I've never really dealt with mercenaries mode on uh, Resident Evil. So it seems like it's more of like a time attack thing. Yeah. Uh, Fighting monsters, getting upgrades to your weapon, I guess just to see like how fast you can go through uh, these maps using using the character. They're going to add a few more characters. Chris Redfield, Carl Heinsberg, Lady Domitresque, which is the, the big girl that yeah, everybody latched onto. Yeah. So so they're doing that thing. So I guess if you're into the mercenaries mode, that's there's going to be some uh, more content for you. 
Um, they're also adding the third person mode that yep. uh, they showcase with Shadows of Rose inside of the main Resident Evil game. So um, a lot of people didn't didn't seem to enjoy just seeing the third person mode being added. They kind of felt it would be like a free DLC or free upgrade or type something. Um, but I can kind of imagine that having to rework everything to make sure the third person works and doesn't just break everything. It's a whole new aiming system. It's going to be a whole new aiming system. And I think just the way that they frame uh, the game itself, because, yep. you know, there's going to be like, there's, there's in-game cutscenes, So you'll get to a certain part of the game, you know, the, the game takes over. And so now you have, you have to deal with third person mode being a thing and having to oh, make yeah. sure that all of that works. Cause there's so. like a scene where like, you know, you're hanging would buy your hands in one of the scenes where they got you hung up lady lady stump on my neck and her her daughters got you all hung up and stuff and they're you know stabbing you and biting on you and shit and you know looking real hot and you're up there just do some shit but that that shot from a first person perspective i can't imagine what they're how they're gonna are they gonna redo they're gonna have the, to yeah well, they're gonna have to so huh. and the thing about like especially with like first person games when the way that it's optimized is that basically the 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 3D model that you see in front of yourself that represents like the gun and your arms or something like that, or maybe even your legs, that's probably the only thing that's visible. Like if you were to actually pull the camera back to see what's actually being rendered out in the game, you'd probably just see two floating arms and maybe a floating leg or or yep. something like that. So it's just whatever the camera needs normally to save time yeah, on they're gonna the they're gonna yeah, they're gonna optimize all that other stuff out. So they have to read they have to kind of rework everything and they have to make sure yeah. that they go through the game and that everything kind of looks okay in Did that you, third person mode. Have you ever watched how developers create like really cool action scenes in with um 3D models? So I I went through and went through this uh this deep dive into how um they did the Dragon Ball Fighters game. Oh, yeah. Cuz you have like these really crazy uh perspective shots where like the character's hands up close to the screen but the like with a camera with a you know video camera and stuff like that like you have like a a different uh shutter focal length and all this other stuff you know depth and then pushing things further out away from the camera depth of field um inside of a 3D space you have to really fuck with stuff what they did to make the characters look further away from their hands and get perspective right they elongated their body parts like crazy <laughs> And only very specifically for certain types of moves. So like when Goku would jump up and do like a super Kamehameha or some shit and like it would have like a weird angle on it. Or when the, the characters rush in and like, you know, hit forearms and do a flip back. All of that stuff was uh, different models that they would use specifically for that. Um, and then they, then it would transition back into the playable model or, or something weird. It, it was super weird. So I imagine they're kind of doing the same thing for uh, resident Evil, um, and, and trying to like make it work. Yep, I can see you're it. you're you're only going to use the assets that, like you said, loading hands and right. Uh, we also got a uh, announcement for uh 4K upgrades for a bunch of the different Resident Evil games. So we got RE7, two, and three remake. Yep. Uh, with ray tracing and. 3D audio, that's kind of fucking nuts. 3D audio on Resident Evil 2 is going to be bananas. I, I'd imagine it would be. So, um, Digital Foundry did a, did a breakdown already of mm -hmm. some of the 
RE2, uh, RE3 remake stuff. Uh, they went ahead and did an RE7 uh, comparison as well, I think, this past week. So um, if you're on console, significant upgrade. It's it's better than, than they had it prior. Um, enjoy. This is a free update uh, for, for console Only for users. Console? Uh, PC users, I believe, should get it through Steam if you purchase okay. it through there. So um, it shouldn't be anything that you have to do. Um, although I think uh, I want to say that for the PC side of things, uh, Capcom is still giving you the prior patch version uh, as an option to play because on the PC side of things, it's not as it's not as good as it could be. Capcom has never been really too good about um, giving you a consistent uh, frame rate performance, all that stuff. Yeah, it's pretty, it's never been rough. it's never been very good. So um, they know they're fucking up, and so they they've given you the uh, uh, the option to play the prior version if you if you really need to. <laughs> so <laughs> we also have Resident Evil Reverse. I don't even know what that is, and that's coming out on October twenty eighth as well. Yeah, it's uh, so originally this was supposed to be uh, released around the same time as RE Village. They mm -hmm. when they announced RE Village, they also announced the RE verse. And so it's supposed to be a PvP deathmatch type game uh, featuring characters in the series. Um, we still don't know too much about it. It's just like, hey, guys, remember this thing that we told you we were going to release like last year? Well, it's coming out this year. Uh. So who knows? Again, they still haven't told us much about it. Uh, no clue if it's going to be any good. Yeah, I, hopefully it's good. I just can't imagine that Resident Evil players want to play Resident Evil. I don't think so either. Uh, we also have Dragon's Dogma uh, Part 2 coming out. Um, yep. Dragon Dragon's Dogma fans are typically pretty rabid uh, about their game. Uh, and so any type of news, like they go fucking bananas over. Yeah. And this is the 10th anniversary announcement. Right? Yeah. So this was the 10th anniversary announcement. Um, we weren't too sure if they were going to announce a remake of the original game. Um, so it looks like it looks like a, a remake of the original game isn't going to happen. Um, but we do have uh, confirmation that Dragon's Dogma 2 is in current either pre-production or current in production. I don't know if it's currently in development. So it's going to be a while. We're probably going to have to wait three or four years before the new game comes out. Um, but I've, I've seen dragon dogma over the years. Haven't really picked it up. Um, but it looks, it looks, it looks kind of dope. Um, the only thing I've heard about it really is their pawn system, which is supposed to be unique to the dragon's dogma game. It basically allows you to hire NPCs that aid in combat and quests. And it has like this knowledge system where basically the NPC you hire, if they have knowledge about the quest that you're about to do, then they can they can show you like hidden items, hidden pathways, and things like that as you progress. Oh, that's cool as fuck. Yeah. So if that's you super fucking cool. If you need a if you need to fight a specific type of enemy, you can hire this pawn, and this person will have the ability to fight whatever enemies that you're trying to fight more effectively. So it's an interesting system, um, and I might since it's I mean this is so this is so far away. So if I get a chance, I'm probably going to check out Dragon's Dogma. I think Arisen is the current version available right now. Yeah, I've always wanted to play Dragon's Dogma. I think I, I think I have it installed somewhere on one of my systems. 
Uh, but it's just like when when I look at it, I'm like, oh, this is a a shitload of time investment. Probably. Uh, yeah. And again, you know, previous to now, um, I guess that's how previous work. Uh, <laughs> I was mostly playing World of Warcraft, so like uh, any type of big RPG that came out that was like a hundred hour fucking game, like I just walked away from. Um, so it'd be cool to like go in and see what Dragon's Dogma is all about before part two comes out. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I did just pick up two the uh, Capcom fighting collection uh, with red earth. Yeah. I got it for PS4. Uh, probably going to put that motherfucker in uh, this week and give it a shot. Uh, I'm a big fan of all of the uh, dark sider games or dark, dark stalker, a dark sider. I do love dark siders too. Yeah. Um, uh, but the dark stalker games, uh, this is like the best collection. Uh, if you're a dark stalkers fan with so vampire survivor, all that stuff, our savior, um, all that'll be on here. If you've never played the puzzle fighter or gym fighter games, they're on here as well. Those are really fun. Uh, our buddy Sofa is a big fan of uh, puzzle fighter. Uh, puzzle fighter is awesome. Puzzle fighter is super fucking fun. And uh, I didn't and know they had like a, a fighter version that uses like those chibi characters. You didn't? No, I didn't know super gym fighter mini mix was a thing. Oh shit, dude. So oh, I bought yeah, that motherfucker when, for uh, Sofa for his birthday a couple years ago. Yeah, when I saw it, I was just like, this looks fucking awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm real excited for it. Uh, I've never played Red Earth. I've watched a lot of reviews about it. Um, I mean, like years ago where people were like reviewing uh, just uh, arcade systems. Um, and Red Earth was like, you know, just it's, it's different. It's totally different than anything yeah. else. Just because of like all the bosses are custom. You don't get to play as them. They're just big fucking weird things. Um. And they're supposed to provide like a, a crazy challenge. So it's um, it allowed the developers to create like some imbalance between you as the player and the CPU. Um, so I think that'll be kind of fun to mess around with. And then we have the Arcade Stadium 2 coming out, which is all the classic games. Um, I looked into this and I, I might be wrong on this. So you get some games with Arcade Stadium, but then the rest of the games are purchasable as DLC for anywhere from like you know under a dollar to like five dollars a pop for a game yeah so the 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 arcade stadium series is has been weird to me because mm -hmm. they uh whenever they release and i think you can do this now even with a, a stadium too is that you can download like the free version of arcade stadium one and two i know i did it for arcade one um and it basically gave you uh i think ghouls and ghosts or something like that uh, the uh, classic edition, either yeah. the NES version or the arcade. I think it was the NES version. So it basically just gives you one free game, uh, a shit game, uh, but it gives you kind of incentive to kind of download. And then the rest of the games are available as, I think, a single purchase. So you can get just everything or you can just download the ones that you or pay for the ones that you want effectively. Yeah. So it seems like an all right collection. I kind of felt like it was a little bit, the way that they're setting this up, I don't understand why they have a fighting collection and why they have the arcade stadium collection. I mean, you know like I mean? Capcom, Capcom likes to release these collections of their old games because it, and, and, and what I've noticed over the years, you know, cause we're fucking old. It's uh, they'll release a collection. That's just uh, a few games uh, and omit like a fan favorite. Um, and then they'll release that fan favorite in another collection of games with a bunch of other shit games. Um, so that you're constantly buying these things over and over. Oh. Castlevania collection, the Game Boy yeah. collection. 
Uh, they did it with the Street Fighter collection not too long ago because you want like Third Strike and all this other shit in there, and it just wasn't there. So like, yep. the only way to get some of the alpha games now is in the arcade too. So like, you're having to buy like 14 collections to get like the seven fucking games that you want because they're not available anywhere else unless you're emulating. Um, that, and that's the fucked up thing about the fighting collection is because the only thing that I'm really interested in because I never bought the original version. I believe it was on PS2 is the Hyper Street Fighter 2 Anniversary Edition. Yep. Which basically allows you to play, like, the OG S, you know, Street Fighter 2 Ken mm-hmm. versus, like, the Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo version if you wanted to. Yep. So just the ability to have, to play against, like, the old version of some of these characters against, like, the new, the new, like, Super Street Fighter version of it at the same time, it, it seems super cool. So Yeah, because uh, it gives you variation for, like, a a classic player uh, can play against some, you know, very specifically used uh, being able to do hurricane kicks in the fucking air. Right. Yeah. So it get it varies the play style. It probably makes it a little one sided, but it can still be fun. You know, I agree. I think just like the novelty is more yeah. than enough that I need. That's all I need. Um, and then recently we also had, what we kind of touched on before with the crisis core uh, remake coming out was the, Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary show and Squaresoft's big show behind all of that to announce all of these cool fucking things coming out, uh, as well as uh, some real shitty Final Fantasy merch. <laughs> it, <laughs> fucking, was, it was, it was <laughs> pathetic. Um, it's a buster it, sword and it's also a clock. Yeah, I saw that <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is so dumb. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm 14 years old. And I'm I'm experiencing experiencing Final Fantasy VII for the first time through the remakes. I'm probably pretty hyped about that Buster's fuck. Um, and if I had like a bunch of, you know, wild statues and Sephiroth, you know, the big one wing angel statue up in my room, yeah. you know, I'm probably gonna pony up for that fucking clock and that watch and the rings. You know, maybe I'll wear like six fucking rings on my hands. I, I will weirdo. say that the their statues, their Depp. statues, their statues are are top notch. Yeah. So, um, but they're not cheap. So you know you're gonna be paying like two, three hundred bucks at least. And they're they're resin statues, right? So they're like, I believe so. Yeah, they're cast cast statues. Which yeah, because they come in pieces and put them together typically. Hmm. Um. So we we saw the Final Fantasy VII, the first soldier, which is the mobile battle royale game. Yeah, they're um, announcing season three. Never really, I'm not into the mobile side of things, so yeah, it wasn't really an interest to me. I looked at it and I was like, I'm just not going to play this. Um, yeah, again, uh, a battle royale game. If I'm going to play anything, uh, honestly, it's it's the new version of Fortnite where you don't build. Um, yeah, that game fucking rules. <laughs> I've played it a couple times and I'm like, you know what? I hated Fortnite in the beginning. It's kind of the best battle royale game out right now. Um, Fire Final Fantasy 7 sucks to suck. We got the Ever Crisis, um, which is a gotcha mobile game, right? So that's the the chibi style shit and the 3D models. It looks nice. It looks Uh, it looks like something like I would have been happy if this is what Final Fantasy 7 remake was. Yeah. Because like it basically just follows the same beats as the game doesn't go doesn't get weird with it. And it just so the one of the I think the biggest issues with Final Seven Final Fantasy Seven remake was that what are we gonna do about all of those 
pre-rendered backgrounds. You know, all these three 3D re- pre-rendered backgrounds. There's nothing you can do to make it look good right now. So the the least they could have done, and it seems like there well there wasn't pre-rendered a lot of pre-rendered backgrounds in Crisis Core, but uh, for Ever Crisis, they basically remade those 3D backgrounds in Final Fantasy VII, and they turned them into 3D models, and they basically took just kind of like because if you think about it the um the way that the characters looked in just kind of like the overworld in general like if you were in the town or if you're like you know walking around the uh, the map they were chibi style there wasn't yeah. really no two ways about it you know the way that the the stylization of their hands where they basically just had club club fists and stuff like that there wasn't yeah, the, you know the, it, the big squares yeah so it was it was exactly that and they did it in a way that looks really fucking good mm-hmm. and they even remade uh, the the more detailed models that they had when you went into a, an actual battle. So it's awesome, but at the same time, I'm upset that this was basically turned into a gotcha mobile game where you're basically just farming for fucking weapons and outfits and shit like that, and you're probably just going to go through you know, all of the key moments in the game where they're going to recreate all of like the key moments in the original Final Fantasy VII game, lovingly handcraft the 3D model backgrounds and recreate the look and feel of the original Final Fantasy VII, and they're going to lock it behind a fucking paywall. So, so you have to pay for like each one of the updates, or that I don't that I don't know. Uh, apparently, right now I think it's I think it was Japan only, and I think the closed beta is the kind of like introduction into the into the West. Oh, okay. So I'm not too sure how egregious the gotcha style mechanics are, or if it's kind of like, uh, what was it like? Was it Final Fantasy VII Record Keeper or Final Fantasy Record Keeper? Where basically you just went through scenarios. Like the story. Yeah. So you would just be like, oh, hey, you remember this part in like Final Fantasy III where, you know, you were in the fucking mechs and you were going to fight and shit like that. And just like, you would just kind of go through that. Um, You would fight a couple of the monsters and then you would get fucked off and, you know, you would do it again with a mm-hmm. different kind of scenario. I have a feeling this is probably what it's going to be like. It's not an actual game. You're just going to be introduced like, oh, we're, we're infiltrating into the fucking Mako reactor and we're going to do this. And oh, here's where, here's where like fucking, that. yeah, I don't like it either. So yeah, I'll probably it looks interesting. It I'm, I'm going to skip it. It looks interesting, but uh, just what could have been. Then we got the second part, I guess the third part really of the final fantasy seven remake. Cause we got integrate and now we have we in- rebirth. Integrated. Yeah. Um, so I guess this is I don't know how they're going to count this. Is it really the second of three parts? It's really this. It? So this is considered the second, the second okay. part. Uh, so this is the sequel to Final Fantasy VII Remake. OK, so this is Rebirth. I don't I really don't know how Intergrade really factors into it. I want to say that Intergrade is probably meant to be more of like all inclusive with Remake. So, yeah, it is an additional story that happens during Remake. And is probably relevant to Rebirth once we get to it. So yeah. we don't know a whole bunch about it. It's it looks like there's some uh, the Nibelheim flashback after you leave uh, Midgar in yeah. the beginning of the game after you leave Midgar, and um, that's all we can see at the moment. Like we'll probably know I, more about it later on in the next couple of years because it's it's probably not going to be out until late 2023, <laughs> maybe 2024, probably 2024. Yeah, I hope they fix Cloud's story in there a little bit, because uh, I, I mean, as a child, when I played Final Fantasy VII for the 
time. I was super confused about who the fuck Cloud was. If he was a clone, if he was just some fucking poser, did he special powers? Like, what the fuck was going on? And it sounds like he was just got uh, exposed to Mako. And I got turned into a little bit badass. I, I guess so. Um, I mean, they kind of... Because he lied. He, he still he lied through the whole fucking game. He's still lying through the first part of the game. Yeah. So they haven't changed that part. The only the only difference is, is like they're they're getting a little weird with it about all of the projections about like, oh hey, this is the look into the fucking future and shit. Like, uh, like ah, uh, didn't think we were gonna do this, did you? Yeah. So who yeah. knows? That's all right. And then we got the reunion for Crisis Core coming out. Uh, I can't tell if it's a remake. I don't think you can either. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's so it looks like a is, reskin. It's it's kind of like that. So the so the comparisons that I've seen um, mm. that people did with the uh, Crisis Core uh, reunion footage uh, versus the original Crisis Core uh, PSP version. So it looks like they just significantly updated the 3D models. Significantly, it looks like the uh, the uh, what do you call it the um, slot machine system that mechanic is still in place not yep. too sure how, what that's going to do about it um it seems like it's beat for beat the original game so i don't know and so the thing is is like the the reunion subtitle on this remake or remaster, oh it does look so much better by the way it really does yeah so, holy shit <laughs> so the thing is is like it kind of feels like just like with the, what they're doing with the final fantasy 7 remake and probably what they're going to be doing with rebirth is mm -hmm. that because a lot of what Square has done has probably done uh, a little bit of, uh, what do you call it? Um, they've retroactively changed the story to kind of fit the games that they've released ever since Final Fantasy VII. Yes. They so have. it kind of feels like the same thing they did with Remake, where they're going to kind of like fuck around with some of the story just to kind of fit you know, whatever pigeonhole they've put themselves into is story-wise as far as, like, the lore that goes on with this game. Yeah. It's probably going to be the same with Crisis Core Reunion. So there's a lot of speculation that the re-prefix that they've added to all of these fucking games has some significance about what may be changing. Rebirth, Reunion, fucking Integrate. It makes sense because these are also things that they referenced inside of uh, the Final Fantasy movie, Advent oh, Children. God. There was the rebirth, the re, all of that stuff. Reunion is very specifically all of the clones of Genova coming back, right? Uh, and trying to re, re reunion. <laughs> That's a fucking good. And I guess trying to like uh, bring back Genova. And from what at least the the story points that I've experienced with Crisis Core so far, it seems to be heavily based off the of clone. Yeah, clone kind of like just kind of paradigm. So it, it that makes sense. So reunion is going to be dealing with some part of Crisis Core. So uh, as I get towards the end of Crisis Core, I'm I'll probably be able to figure out like what they may be touching on with this remake. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool fucking game. I can't wait for you to. Uh, yeah. And then that's pretty much it. I mean, we we kind of touched on the Xenoblade Chronicles Three Nintendo. Right. Direct. And, and just like you, I've I skipped out on most of the. The only thing, the only thing I will, I guess, talk about is the, I guess the, the real main meat of the story mm -hmm. is kind of interesting. So they did talk about the, the, at least in the world, 
the characters themselves are they are they are birthed and i put that in like quotations because they are birthed to be fighters and as oh. fighters they have a limited time span of 10 years so most of the time a majority of people a majority of people die during battle and okay. so that's where they transition and whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean right okay i saw there was like How, some time travel bullshit and you know maybe i don't know i didn't really see a lot of the story but the part that i did catch was this and so the people that do manage to last 10 years have a special ceremony where they actually transition in like more of an official capacity. So, okay. You could think of yourself as dying before your time, before that 10 years is up. However, the special selected few who actually survive are able to transition in more of like an official capacity. So okay. whoever the, so, and then I guess in the, at least in the game, there is like a queen, a leader, whoever she is. She is able to help transition you, move you on in your pathway through the next life or whatever that might be. So okay. I have a feeling that, uh, and it sounds like the the main characters, basically the hook about it is that they either tr they're either trying to survive to the 10 years or they're trying to survive past it. This because, sounds a lot know, like fucking Final Fantasy uh, 13, Lightning Returns and all that shit. Because um, they, they were... They had the same thing going on. They got some fucking power or whatever, and they had like a couple years to live. And then they would turn into either a creature or they would turn into crystal. Uh, so either way, their life ended. It became like a servitude, like a monster to some fucking being. Or they were encased in crystal for all fucking... Um, it sounds like the same kind of thing. We're making like this crazy choice. Uh, do I want to serve uh, whatever this is, this power that's given a birth to be a fighter. I want to serve that and, and live and die on the battlefield or do I want to live further and like do something else with, uh, that could be more controversial to, than just fucking dying. I imagine that yeah. the, the choice to not die has to have extreme consequences just based on the director of the fucking games, because th this husband and wife duo that directed the Xeno series from, you know, from its, uh, start to here, uh, have very specific views on like uh, voice and consequence. Yep. And uh, it's, it's probably going to be super heavy, just like Xenoblade Chronicles two was mm -hmm. a lot of uh, interesting, um, I guess, parallels to religion and just what it means to be human and what our purpose in life is and, you know, what we should strive to be. So I have a feeling it's going to be something similar and they're going to wrap it around, you know, a waifu, a waifu hunting simula simulator and <laughs> whatever else might come with it. And it's going to come with badass music. So uh, yeah. I'm all about it. Uh, we're going to find out in a couple of weeks if it's if it's worth the shit. I, I honestly think that uh, the Xenoblade games have to be the next fucking thing that I get in. Uh, I think I'd mentioned before, which I probably cut out of the previous episode. Fucking wasteful material. But I recently. I, I started playing through the Pokemon games that we talked about before mm -hmm. and just trying to finish them up before the next Pokemon game. But I'm so uninspired and so unexcited uh, to play the new Pokemon games because, again, they're just Pokemon. They're just rehashed fucking content. Um, 
I think I'm just going to put it down and just play through Xenoblade 1 and, um, and just really fucking enjoy the games and forget that the Xeno saga exists for just a little bit and then maybe go back and play that and see how it influenced these games. Yo, those Xeno saga games right now, uh, especially Xeno saga three. Yeah. Fucking expensive. Yeah. I bought them off of my buddy, uh, wilder. Um, you probably won't watch this, but wilder, if you do watch this, I think you may have met him when we went to, uh, um, Magfest. Uh, yeah. a couple years ago when we went up to that party and everybody was like dropping wine and everybody's fucking mouths and shit and being um but wilder used to own a game store called save point video games in north carolina uh and he sold them to me for just above the fucking market price when they so i think i got them for like 60 70 dollars with book and manual or fucking box and manual um everything's in there the disc looked pristine um Literally could have asked for a, a better deal, and now they're like, you know, close to two hundred dollars. Uh, complete inbox. Yeah, I think if you would get the entire three in a single purchase, I think it's like four hundred bucks at this point. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'd be interested in uh, touching it at some point. Um, yeah, if you want to borrow them, let me know. I have them here. So I will say though, uh, Xenoblade. I don't know about Xenoblade One because I haven't played that, but Xenoblade Two. Uh, I know, I think I spent like a hundred and a hundred and 125 hours in that game. It's so this is not lot. like just a, this is not just a casual romp into a fucking RPG. This is a, 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 a serious investment in Thomas. It's a super serious investment. Cause at least with two, there's a, there's a mechanic where you're basically, um, building rapport with your blades. So, oh, oh this is some fucking tales of destiny Two shit, dude. So the way that it works is that um, there are certain, so the way the blade system works is that the blades themselves, so you have one main blade, Pyramithra, mm -hmm. that you're always basically going to carry around. Um, and then there's more blades that you can get, some that are, and it's there's kind of like a gotcha system with the blades as well. So if you want to get like, like the super, like the super, like the unique blades, yeah. like those have their own ways of opening up. And sometimes you can get like a, a crystal that will automatically give you a unique blade or you have to fucking literally spin. So you have to collect these, these crystals and then hopefully you roll a unique blade. Oh, and, and so those unique blades come with like elemental variations and those elemental variations allow you to unlock, you know, unique things throughout the world that require like you have, you know, elemental, uh, values oh, so you have to have of like fire to like burn something down. Yeah. So you have to have like fire level five or something like that. So you have to have a blades. You have to have multiple blades. They combine that have different uh, fire values mm -hmm. in order to exceed or meet that level in order to. Oh, that's kind of fucking that. cool. That's kind of fucking cool. Uh, and also kind of, I would say that it's, it's bullshit, but it's, it's similar to, you know, the, the chocobo yeah. breeding in final fantasy seven or right. Like there's all this cool shit behind like these crazy fucking mini games you're essentially breeding weapons to meet that same criteria and on top of that they also have a uh, kind of like a relationship system uh -huh. where um especially with like the unique ones like pyra and mithra they have unique opportunities on the map like if you're in a town or something like that you can have like a one-on-one -on -one discussion that affects your relationship in battle oh so you're constantly so you're constantly trying to find ways to increase your relationships with these blades um 
your camera's uh, out of focus right now, by the way. There you Thank go. you. Oh, there you Thank go. you. So you're constantly having to deal with the relationship with your blades in order oh. to have a better better battle mechanics where you have mm -hmm. like quicker quicker combo, you know, um, generations and, and things like that. Um, you're dealing with unlocking things throughout the map in order to progress through the game, unlock secrets and things like that. Leveling up on top of it, uh, getting your elemental values for your blades in sync with the other party members that you have because they basically do the same thing. Okay. So you have to set up I don't know if it can be automatic or not, but you can basically set up the blades for yourself and then your mm -hmm. other two party members. And so you have to synergize all of those blades together. So that way you can synergize your combos, which can explode into like the large combos, um, which is how I managed to get to the very end of the game and then not understand how to beat the last boss because I didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't understand the, the way that the combo mechanics worked like on a, top level i was able to get through the entire fucking game but then i would constantly die to the final boss because i was not utilizing that like ultimate combo mechanic to get to the ultimate combo so i could ultimate oh, combo so, the so they 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 want you to really dig into the fucking cheese <clears throat> yes so okay. that's how the game works you can probably get through most of it like i did without having is to this, realize it is this is this yeah. fucking a regular anime type of shit where like friendship is really the winning everything it's everything okay and it's one of the reasons why i love the game but i can also not stand it at the same time because your main blade pyramithra yeah these one-on-one -on -one conversations that they have in order to build a relationship like she's trying to learn how to best serve you mm -hmm. as a player or as a person or as a blade and so they're talking to me things like what do i cook for him like, oh, no, like, which, how should I talk to him? You know, like that kind of shit. I fucking hate Slice of Life. It's it's a whole bunch of shit like that. And so you're basically, you're basically dealing with that, where you're having these one-on-one -on -one heart, they call them heart-to-hearts. You're having these heart-to-hearts with these, these waifus. Yikes. And based on your discussions, affects, and this is a hidden thing. So this is, they don't really tell you up front, like, whether or not you made the right decision or not. <laughs> but you're having these slice of life decisions yeah. throughout the game in order to enhance your your battle abilities and things like that. Okay. I so I say that I it's something I probably wouldn't look into, but playing Sword and Shield, realizing that I had to go in and like groom my fucking Pokemon and hit them with the hair dryer and brush their fucking fur <laughs> so that they would perform better in battle. Yeah. Every couple of battles, dude, I was I would fight like a fucking water type Pokemon. I would come out and I was hair dry. My fucking that motherfucker wet as shit. I'm like, <laughs> fucking cleaning his fur off and shit. I'm probably going to be into these fucking dumbass, uh, this waifu simulator shit and the uh, slice of life stuff. And, and so no, no offense to the people who enjoy it, you know, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit well, a little bit of offense, <laughs> you know, you know who you are. Um, Sick bastards. But, I've seen the art. I've seen the I've seen, I've seen your fight. It's all like it's you know no it's not um but it's something if it if it uh provides a lot to the story and provides a lot to the gameplay then I'm in it you know like if if I can't unlock a fucking combo similar to like Chrono Trigger right like you have Marley and fucking Chrono and they do an ability together and it becomes like something really big if I can't do that without fucking having these heart to hearts I'm gonna have these fucking heart to hearts 
because I need these I need these characters to connect so they give a shit about each other so I can have cool combos. Exactly. And it's going to be all sandwiched in between like a very um uh what do you call it? Um <clears throat> uh what's the what's the thing where you you uh think about your existence and just like what it means in like the grand scheme of the universe type things existentialism existential so it's very existential about what it means to be human what it means to be somebody who is built to be nothing but you know something that's more of like a destructive power that that's what they're meant for and then you, what you know what i mean like you're saying to you, my fucking you're singing to my fucking internal monologue right now so and that's so you're gonna have the slice of life bullshit but then it's all gonna be like leading up it's all it's all empowering the existential dread bullshit yeah it's essentially what it is it's essentially what it is bitch i'm in bitch i'm in i'm done playing any other games it's me you know i'm I'm a lot a little bit i'm a lot a little bit i i gotta finish gotta finish shredders with with casey jones (laughs) and then it's me and xenoblade all the way um i'm yo man i'm gonna tell you a secret right now oh shit so we're we're about to head to we're about to head to this city called Austin. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's fucked up. And um, a lot of hippies there. I think I'm gonna make Janet drive so I can play Xenoblade on the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> that's fucked up. <laughs> She's hearing it for the first time in the background. <laughs> it ain't gonna. It ain't gonna fly, dude. It ain't gonna fly, dude. That's like a. That's like a fucking steel plane. Wait, planes uh, are made out of steel. Concrete. Anyways, man, this has been a good fucking episode. We've hit, yeah, we've hit so many good topics. Um, I think our stride is a lot better than the last one. I think so too. And uh, we're just we're just a hair over a fucking hour right now. Get the fuck out! It's only been an hour. It it well we so we started recording, uh, you know, and then we did a bunch of bullshit before the podcast, right? Which is all like fluff, just trying to get into the works that are that's in the recording. But it's 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 about an hour and fifteen minutes. That felt meaty, bro. Dude, that was we, meaty. Dude, we hit some fucking we hit some we hit a stride on this episode. Uh I think I honestly think that this thing that that we got in the bag. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. At some point it's just gonna be click, click, publish. Yeah. Yeah. It I honestly I think there's only like two parts in here that I even I may even edit out. If I oh. edit out anything. <laughs> Uh, it's not racist to call her a fucking. I wasn't even company. thinking about that. I was talking more about like me yelling for Janet to pick up the dog. <laughs> I think I think you're racist bullshit. Uh, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna leave it in. Uh, yes. Uh, All right. Cancel, cancel pixels and plants podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, this has been fun. Uh, That's been fun. Thanks you. Thank you everyone uh, for tuning yeah. in and watching another episode. Uh, if you've made it this far, uh, consider sharing it with a friend. Comment, like, and subscribe. All that shit. If there's a topic that you would like to see us discuss moving forward, please let us know. Other, otherwise, it. we're just going to kind of do our own thing. We're just going to kind of yeah. vibe together um, and just be two guys. And you guys could be the fly on the wall that just listens in. Uh, but if you want to have influence, um, you know, again, let us fucking know. If not, yeah. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Bradley. I'm Michael. Appreciate it. And we're Pixels and Pints podcast. Just two old dudes drinking beers and talking about games. Thanks for being here. Later, guys.